and welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. Good morning. My name is Rob Schoonover, and I'm one of the ministry fellows here at North Decatur. Uh, I'm excited and honored to preach this morning. And I'm excited because I get to tell an origin story. Now, any good story has an origin to it. We hear about Wonder Woman or Spider-Man, and we want to know where they came from. And our Christian tradition has done a great job of reminding us of powerful call stories from people like Moses, Isaiah, and Paul. Those call stories seem to play out like a Hollywood blockbuster. But the call that we're going to read today, the call of the disciples, is more akin to something that we would find in an independent comedy film. It's much less about blinding lights and burning bushes and much more about people. And also, the people who are called in this story don't necessarily find their way immediately. They will more or less stumble their way around Jesus throughout the rest of the book of Luke. And their stories also don't lead to an, to an immediate transformation. But this is why it makes these stories some of the most human in the Bible. And so today's text, we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 5. This is right after Jesus has been tented in the desert and he's performed a few miracles. And we're now at a lake where there's some notoriety starting to come around Jesus. And you could say if this movement were a rock band, they're about to go from local act to signing their first record label. So if you want to join me in Luke chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 11, we can get started. One day, as Jesus was walking by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat there and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all day and night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled for their partners and the other boats to come in and help them. And they also filled their boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were as astonished at the catch of, the, of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on the shore, left everything and followed him. Friends, this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Don't you just love a good call story? How the people we admire and look up to got involved with the work that they were doing. Um, I'm thinking of the notion of good trouble that John Lewis has prophetically reminded us over the years. I began writing this sermon after viewing the funeral of Congressman Lewis. His legacy and stature stands large in Atlanta, the South, 
and the entire world. As I was watching person after person get up and speak of his legacy, I thought about the story of an 18-year-old John Lewis meeting Martin Luther King Jr. After that meeting, Lewis's life would be right there along with all the other major civil rights events that were happening even up to a few weeks ago. I bring up John Lewis because it's hard for me to imagine the leader of a, ma of a massive movement walking up to me at 18 and just saying, hey, you're part of the crew now. We may not have all the epic, we may not have the epic call story of John Lewis. In fact, if you have a call story, maybe it looks something like the story of the disciples. You were just standing there and all of a sudden a whole list of strange and sometimes comical circumstances have led you to this point now. But that's one of the things I love about this story. Calls often happen because we were just there. Jesus didn't have a fellowship program or an internship colloquy. Jesus just found the people standing around. And I need to add at this point that the, the group that would come become Jesus' followers aren't just the 12 male disciples that we see in paintings and on TV. Uh, this was a motley group of men and women who were all likely not very prominent members of society. The disciples and followers weren't Instagram influencers or Wall Street day traders. They were people like these fishermen living under the empire of Rome. And they weren't sought out because they were necessarily unique. They were sought out because they were there. And now I've said before that the Bible has a legacy of pretty epic call stories. Um, there's Moses and the burning bush. Jacob literally wrestles with God and Paul is blinded on the road to Damascus. And all these stories are amazing and powerful and beautiful. They open our eyes to the powerful presence of God, and they leave us in wonder. They contain in them kind of unique and varied responses, too. Isaiah has a bold, here am I, send me, proclamation. Moses is more muted and unsure of himself and his abilities. And here with the disciples, the response is rather powerful, but the method is much less dramatic than a burning bush. But this story does a good job of grounding the essence of a call. Instead of the call coming from a lightning bolt, it comes in the form of basic fishing advice. It reminds us that we still inhabit a real world with real things going on. It may be easier to see how a burning bush or a flaming chariot are evidence of the divine, but this story reminds us that while it's easy to marvel at the miracles of the cosmos, we still have to face the mundane and the real. If you read this story also with no other knowledge of scripture, it's not even immediately clear that Jesus is anything other than a good fisherman with wise sayings. And I say that to say that it's not always so easy to see God in a human being. And even more so, it's not easy to drop everything that you own to follow that person. Especially when that person just gave you enough fish to feed and support yourself and your family for a long time. So the question becomes, when we don't have a burning bush and we have a net of overflowing fish, how can we discern the call? Well, that's why we need to talk about this business of fishing, because this story is about much more than fish. But to understand what's going on, we have to understand the method to the madness. Simon and James and John are all fishermen. They all go out on their boats every day and they cast a net. And on this day, they meet Jesus and he tells them advice that they're likely familiar with. 
Go Let the Nets Down Deep. I say they're probably familiar with it because it's the most basic piece of advice when you're net fishing. See, net fishing, uh, when you drop the net, the fish, they can't see vertical. They can only see on the sides of themselves. And so the net has to come from below and bring them up. You may be picking up the hint that something else is going on here. Jesus is using the same tactic for calling the disciples as he is for fishing. And some part of this is true for us as well. Some part of our lives have been touched on such a deep level that only God can get to. But the call doesn't just go deep. The whole point of net fishing is to gather fish in communities. These people weren't called alone. Simon wasn't there by himself. James and John were there too. Net fishing doesn't try to catch individual fish one by one. It catches them in communities. Now, I know we talked about beloved community in May, but we can't ignore its presence in this text. And maybe you're like me, and the notion of communal calling is a new idea. Maybe you grew up with an idea of rugged individualism that emphasizes personal satisfaction above communal health. But this past semester, I was in a class in seminary, and every day our professor would come in and remind us that you can't be a Christian alone. And the more I sit with this text, and the more that I just move through this world, I'm realizing how hard it is to do anything alone. The idea of dependence and community rubs against some touchstone American principles. Acknowledging the, the idea that we're dependent on each other may seem like failure. We love to tell stories of individual climbs to success, but the reality is that we all come from communities and fellowships and friendships that form us, support us, and shape us deeply. And we do our best work when we learn to accept the call that God places on our hearts to be in community. So the call of Christ needs to go deep within us and wide enough to where the whole community is impacted. To see the call as merely an, ex an individual exercise fails to acknowledge its vastness. And to see it as merely a surface level affiliation fails to acknowledge its depth. The great preacher Tom Long says that you could walk across the river of American Christianity and not even get your ankles wet. It needs to touch all aspects of ourself and our community. And the call requires communities like ours to examine issues like systemic housing discrimination and educational disparities and police violence, issues that some would insist aren't relevant, but these are all things that must get thrown into the net as well. And so for us today in 2020, it honestly feels like a burning bush year, not like a net fishing year. Injustice and wealth disparities are more obvious than they've ever been, at least in my lifetime. But it won't always be like this. More often, these things need to be discerned. And when we cast our proverbial nets, we need to be prepared for what's going to rise to the surface. It may, it may be rather obvious and mundane, or it may be some new exciting adventure. Either way, God's call is never meant to bring about destruction or isolation, but instead it awakens us 
to a new way of community. And praise God for that new way. Amen.